Welcome to Cambridge Stronger, where culture counts and values matter most. I'm your host, Amy Weber, and joining me today is Kelly Hoff, CEO and registered representative of Hoff Financial Services. Thanks for joining me, Kelly. Well, good morning, Noel. Thank you very much. It's my honor. So excited to have our listeners learn from you today. My favorite part um, to start off my podcast is just a simple little question that can end up going in a lot of directions. Everybody's journey is different, but tell us about yours. <laughs> Never in a million years would I have thought that this is where I would or even could be. I joke that when I got married to a farmer, I started out as the milkmaid. I got bored and decided that something I needed something more for me. I worked in town for an accountant for a couple of years, and when we started a family, I started my own accounting business at home. I knew that I wanted to help people, but family took priority. I actually started a home-based business before it was really a thing. Shortly thereafter, I added income tax preparation as a service, often explaining the tax benefits of putting into money into an IRA, encouraging people to get one started, but nobody ever did it. So I decided to figure out how I could do it for them. I knew nothing about the securities world, just that it was really important from a tax perspective that people put money into their IRA. My research told me that I needed an insurance license first. And during the insurance training class, I went up to my teacher and explained my situation and what I wanted to do. He said, oh, that's easy. You need to go talk to Jim Counter." <laughs> it was the best move I could have ever made. Jim had been a farm kid himself, started with nothing and literally built an empire. He took me under his wing, and for that, I am forever grateful. I then became fully licensed registered rep offering retirement accounts to my tax and accounting clients. Oftentimes, my kids were running around with Cheerios and juice cups while I met clients at my kitchen table. It wasn't really professional, but it was genuinely me. Fast forward 28 years, I say it's an overnight success. We've grown to a full-service accounting firm offering income tax preparation with two enrolled agents and one CPA payroll and accounting services for businesses, full service insurance agency with Prop Health PNC, two, and two financial planners on the security side. We've transitioned away from my kitchen table and expanded to three beautiful office locations. And we have 10 rock star teammates, all of which are amazing. Three of them have been with me since the beginning. They were the ones running around with the Cheerios and juice cups. I'm very, one very blessed woman. So all three of your kids, is that what you just said? All three of the kids are involved in the business? All three are in the business. They each have their own area. One is on the tax side, one is on the insurance side, and my daughter is on the security side with me. All right. So let's talk about that a little bit. As they were growing up with those Cheerios and juice boxes, mm -hmm. were you was that your plan? Were you planting little mom seeds to get them to enjoy the business or was it their choice? How'd that, how does that happen? Never in a million years did I plan on them coming into the business. They really, honestly, they didn't really even know what I did. They just knew that mom was usually working. It offered me great flexibility. If I wanted to be on the ball field at three o'clock coaching, that's where I was. But at 930 at night, after they went to bed, I was back working and they all went out and did their own thing first. And I've always told them that the door is remains open. If at any time they feel that they want to go somewhere else, they are more than welcome to actually my daughter come home from college uh, first semester. And she said, mom, have you ever heard of the wall street journal? <laughs> I said, yeah. She goes, oh, have you ever read it? I go, uh-huh. She goes, that stuff is so cool. And that was her first experience into the world of um, economics and securities and things of that nature. But it's been an absolute blessing 
never, yeah. never thought that. Mm-hmm. You are very fortunate. I will tell you, I, I talked to a lot of people, as you know, we have a lot of clients, mm-hmm. um, financial professionals at Cambridge, and many of them might get one. Uh, mm-hmm. Many of them don't get any of them for whatever reason, right? So for you not to have to really force it and for it to happen organically like that is pretty impressive. Absolutely organic. They've done their own thing and they've ventured back in and they go, can I be a part of this? <laughs> Absolutely. So it's been an interesting journey to say the least. Maybe a loaded question here, but how do they get along working together as at siblings? They're, they're siblings. They are siblings to their core. Um, they're in separate, most of them are in separate offices, um, but communication is the key. And at the end of the day, they all have this share the same philosophy that family is first and regardless of what happens in the business, um, family, family will take precedence. And they've even said that they would, if there ever was an issue, they would leave the business to make sure that the family dynamics stayed intact. So good job, mom and boss. Um, yes. Not an easy task to pull off, but that sounds no. fantastic. No, they're very, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. So I know that you grew up in a small town uh, before graduating from UW Eau Claire from one small town, Wisconsin girl to another Share with our audience any lessons or skills you believe that you gained growing up in a small town that now help you serve your clients. Well, since I was young, personal connections have always been very important to me. Growing up in that small town, you get to know everybody and everybody knows you. Our whole school student population was around 300. So we all went to church together, 4-H, played sports. My bachelor's degree is actually in business administration, human resources. So I've always gravitated towards creating and fostering relationships. And it really has been a critical part of Hoff Financial Services. So what, what was the name of the small town? Uh, Cameron, Wisconsin. And now Cameron, we're in a prairie Wisconsin. farm. <laughs> All Northwest. right. All right. So as I said, uh, I grew up in Cuba City, Wisconsin. So okay. opposite end of the state down south, almost yeah. to the Iowa border. Sure. Um, but uh, same kind of thing. I think we might have even had a few more students. I think each class was about 100 when I was going to high school. So oh my. I, I feel exactly what you're talking about. And while I ran from it like crazy at the age of 18 to mid-20s, uh-huh. later on, you realize the value of those kind of things. Absolutely. I always said that too. At 18, I'm out of here. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, this is pretty special. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. So um, it sure sounds like in talking with you that you have another full-time job in the form of farming. Talk to our listeners about that background and what it's inspired you to incorporate that into a part of your journey. Certainly. We live in a beautiful four-generation farm with the fifth generation right around the corner. Um, My father-in-law started a registered Guernsey closed herd many years ago. And after my husband and I took over, uh, we were able to push that dairy production to being one of the top Guernsey herds in the nation in 1993. We've since transitioned to beef and we run about 70 head and crop about 350 acres of hay, corn, and soybeans. That farming legacy continues to inspire us to remain in it. They say a farmer's blood runs deep. Well, that's not an understatement. We're very proud that we've been able to raise our children here with amazing work ethic compassion for mother nature, and a family bond that we owe to living on the farm. We're very proud of our farming heritage and all that it stands for. So many valuable lessons are learned there. Our kids were able to grow up spending every day with their grandparents. They treasured that relationship. And now I'm able to reap those rewards as our granddaughters live right next door. So truly that's our inspiration is knowing that we continue on with that. 
So the kids are involved in this family business as well. It sounds they, like they are. And I, that's, um, that's pretty special. You know, farming from my experience, again, coming from mm-hmm. a very similar background as you, um, really does teach work ethic, which probably contributed to the, the, um, success that your kids had in trying to incorporate what many others might think of as two full-time jobs, but farming is really a way of life back there, right? It absolutely is. It most certainly is a way of life. And one of which that, um, all three have, have acquired just as, as we have in the past. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. So you started your business with a desire to provide affordable services to farmers and small businesses, and you've grown a lot, but, you know, starting off, as you described earlier, with just a handful of clients, you've really experienced some significant growth. What are some of the things you do to attract new clients and how are you growing your business today? Well, we're very blessed that we've never had to advertise word of mouth from our clients has truly grown our business. As I said, my mentor, Jim, told me 25 years ago that if you treat people right, the rest will fall into place over time. And he was absolutely right. That's the foundation on which we continue to operate today, treating people with the kindness and respect just the way we want to be treated. Part of our mission is to educate, enhance, and empower those we come in contact with. We want our clients to leave our office better than when they came in. The relationship and trust that's developed over doing a person's tax returns flows over to their investments and then on to their insurance and so on. So we really value the trust and the personal relationships that we have with our clients. We're honored that our clients value our services to the level that they refer us to others. It's the highest compliment I think that we can be given. Did you have to talk to your kids about how important reputation was in a small town as you were trying to grow your business the way that you're describing just out of curiosity? We certainly did. Now I'm telling stories on them. I grew up, my dad was uh, in school administration. So that's the world that I grew up in. And I always told my kids that, but whatever they did the night before, I would know about it by 8 a.m. in the in the morning because being in a small town, everybody talks. So I said, if don't do anything that you wouldn't want our pastor to see, your grandfather to see, or your mother to see. <laughs> I had to tell my kids the exact same thing. Like I yep. don't know about it. Maybe before you do. Maybe exactly. before you're awake, somebody will be sending me a message telling me what happened. Yep, that's that's either the 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 highlight or the low light of living in a small community. <laughs> that's exactly right. And maybe at different times, it, it carries a different level of importance for sure. It sure does. So you've spent a lot of time already in our time together here talking about relationship business. This also can be interesting in a small community when you're relying mostly or almost entirely on referrals, but mm-hmm. have you ever had to not accept a client? Is there, what kind of attributes do you look for mm-hmm. when you're looking for clients to work with? And because that relationship bond is so important in our business, and it sounds like in yours, has there been any time where you've said, we're just not a really good match? Um, we really strive to live and work in a positive environment. And we, we repeatedly hear from people in our offices that we're not your typical of financial firm. We make a conscious effort on the impression people get when they walk into our office, from the visual appearance to the fresh smell, um, warm personal greetings. Many of our offices are even decorated with antiques, giving them that family feel. So we really try to work with clients that appreciate our positive nature. And so far, it's been working. We haven't had to terminate more than a handful of clients just because they wouldn't wouldn't abide by the uh, those didn't wouldn't abide by the ethics that needed to be handled. Understood. Understood. So talk to us about how the first client meeting works or how does that all fall into place today? Um, Usually it's a referral. Um, Nine times out of 10, we usually know them too or know of them. And then they come in 
um, just as an introductory me meeting. Um, find out about them, they find out about us. We have our, our um, through our intake process, showing them all of the services that we offer. And then we, if they feel it's a good fit and we do too, then we move forward and dive in a little bit deeper. But the first one is just basically an introductory one. And do they meet with a team? Do you compile a team together? Actually, now we're fortunate enough that we're able to do that. We have both uh, Makaili and myself meeting with, with all of our, our clients now, so which is really nice. So we get two sets of ears and it also affords uh, the client to understand that there is um, not only uh, two of us, but a succession plan too, that they can talk with either one of us. Which unfortunately becomes more important the more wrinkles one gets, I think. Maturity, I call it, maturity. <laughs> So it's been more than 20 years you've been doing this. What top trends have you seen over the years? And what do you think the business looks like into the future? As maybe perhaps as the children take the reins and all of that kind of succession planning process that probably comes into the future. What, what does it look like for you? Oh boy, have things changed? I'm not sure really where the last 25 years have gone. I tell my staff that when I started doing income tax, I didn't have a computer or anything. <laughs> I'd go to the local post office and pick up the tax booklets because they had all the forms in. That's where how you got your forms back in those days. I'd bring them home, manually calculate the tax return, and then physically write out four copies, one for the Fed, one for the state, one for the client, one for mine. Couldn't afford a copy machine. But then when I started in the securities world, that's when everything was done on paper. You actually ordered your forms, filled them out, and mailed everything in. You had to have all the prospectuses ordered and on hand for the products that you were using um, because we didn't have the technology. Actually, literally last week, I made the conversation to my teammates. Do you realize how sweet it is having a laptop and everything is right at your fingertips? <laughs> because it wasn't always that way. I'm really showing my, my maturity. Yes. <laughs> I believe that the only constant now is change. And we have a regular saying at HFS that you have to be fluid because change is the only constant. I can only imagine what's going to lie ahead of for us. And I really appreciate that Cambridge has taken a leadership role in being on the forefront of the technology area. It's not an easy task, but one that's necessary in the world we live in. So for that, I really thank you very much. You are very welcome. We definitely, you know, I'd like to say we're building it, but through mm -hmm. contributions from our clients, the design work really does come from the people that are actually using it. And I think some firms probably feel like they know more about how you should be doing business than you do. Um, mm -hmm. And we've always kind of taken a slightly different approach to that. So it's working for sure. It's working and we appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Well, you've been with us since 2016 and we really do value that this partnership with you and your team. Also though, you're a member of our Practice Management Advisory Council. That's a group of Cambridge advisors who provide feedback on our programs that are offered in our practice management area. Talk to the listeners a little bit about your role on that council and what how you feel you've contributed. Awesome. I'm really, truly honored to be a part of the RPM Advisory Council. RPM completely changed my practice. Um, and having a platform where I'm able to or share my experiences and give feedback to a, an already great program is really special. I appreciate that platform that is in place to even strive for that continuous improvement of the program. My coach Allie in RPM is absolutely amazing. After my first year in RPM, I quadrupled my commission. She offers such a wide breadth of knowledge and experience and gives me those real life in the trenches advice. She changes, change it challenges me to push 
forward, improve in every facet of the business and my personal life. Thank you so much for offering RPM program. It is really a critical piece to the success of our practice, especially when you're a solo office or in a very small office, you don't have that those um, expert resources available to us. So it's RPM is really priceless. I'm really glad that it's working for you. And um, I appreciate on Allie's behalf, the shout out. She is a pretty fantastic coach and employee for Cambridge. She's she definitely contributes a lot. So I'm glad that she's being recognized out there by her clients. She's doing awesome. So I know you're very active in your local community too, right? You volunteer with schools, church, FFA, 4-H, and a number of other organizations. Why is it important for you to be an active community member? And do you think that that's important to your clients as well? Uh, we feel it's really important to give back. Part of our mission statement is to be recognized by our clients, community, and peers for our expertise, integrity, and optimism. What better way to do that than be involved with different organizations? You never know how that smile or con conversation may change what a person's life. We believe that it's our responsibility to share those blessings we've been given, whether it be our time, talents, or even knowledge. Isn't there a say saying, the more you give, the more you receive? Absolutely, there is. And... You know, we obviously at Cambridge also try to respect the fact that there's a lot of gifts we're given along the way and how important it is to give back. So we appreciate all of that. Um, do you find yourself working side by side with some of your clients during some of those volunteer situations? Absolutely. And it, it only further and deepens the relationship when you can see them outside of your normal, you know, the office and know that they can see that we're real people. We see that they're real people. It just further deepens that relationship. And I suspect it also shows them that you're walking the walk when you talk about how you want to live your life and run your business and what's important to you. You mentioned earlier, you know, ethics and things like that, like your mm -hmm. work, your work ethic and, and all yep. of that. So it's, it's a great opportunity to get out there. And, and, some, and sometimes we hear financial professionals actually using those types of opportunities. I shouldn't say using the value they get is being introduced to new clients along the way, right in the thick of those kinds of volunteer activities. Have you ever experienced that? We have. Um, I think just every time that somebody sees you out and about doing something different, um, it further resonates in in their mind what what we really do and that we do walk the walk and talk the talk. As we near the end of this podcast, I just have to chuckle. You are such a busy person, but you touched on something earlier as well which is that this business gave you a lot of flexibility to build it your own way and do your own thing. Um, some people might wonder how you managed it all, but what would you say are the top one or two keys that you've learned to running two successful businesses? Well, I think number one is I am so blessed to be surrounded with an amazing team. I don't have employees, I have teammates and we do operate as a team. I always say to, that the person sitting in that front office is just as important as the financial planner pre preparing the proposal. It takes all of us rowing in the same direction to make this HFS successful. Another thing that we pride ourselves in is that family is first. Everyone on our team knows that they and their family take priorities. Not many firms can say that they are blessed to have all three of the kids in the business like us. I was asked a month ago what the secret is, and all I can think of is that it's communication and that passion for what we do. And the kids and the rest of the team all resonate with that. I think it's fantastic. You mentioned earlier you have at least a couple of grandkids. Um, tell us about the extended family. Anybody showing an interest? Are they old enough yet? No, they're only one and two, so uh, not not quite yet. <laughs> either future farmers or future financial professionals could be, well, right? Right now they thoroughly enjoy 
um, spending time with Gilmer the chicken, Flint the horse, and all the beef calves. <laughs> and they're, did you say they were both girls? Yes. Yeah, both awesome. girls. Mm -hmm. And living Absolutely. next door. That's fantastic. It is. Yes. So let's just extend off of that. What do you do when you're relaxing if you ever do get time to relax? Um, my relaxation is being home. Uh, we live on top of a hill. It is an absolutely most amazing view. And my peace comes from a day just being in my own little piece of heaven, kind of like Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz. There's no place like home. So all is well. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So what, as we close up here, um, what kind of advice would you give to a young person who maybe doesn't have what your kids had, which is at least a little bit of exposure, though that story about the Wall Street Journal is hysterical. Isn't it? <laughs> it's funny that our kids potentially think we live under a rock the whole time no. they're growing up. And mm -hmm. it's really cool when they realize that all by themselves, we don't have to tell them that we actually know some things. Exactly. But what would you, what kind of advice would you give somebody who is thinking about our business and wants to explore perhaps building something similar to what you've built? I think just getting out there and have, if they're in college, having as many opportunities as possible, taking different classes. My daughter had never had any economic classes or business classes in our small, small community. So having that exposure and truly when she went to school, that was the advice I said, take a well-rounded group of classes. You never know what's going to spark you. Um, and once you start figuring out that there's an interest there, I think just talking to others in the business, we all, especially those of us who are a little more seasoned, would love to bring young people in and show them all of the, the opportunities and blessings that are in this industry. It is truly like no, no other. You talked earlier about the importance of having a mentor. Um, maybe just to go back to that for a second. How did that work out? Did, was it a cold call? Do you just pick up the phone and call this, this person that you'd been referred to and said, would you mind sharing your wisdom with me? How did, how did that work? How did they do it? I, I did. I literally called him up and told him, well, this instructor, Rod, said I was supposed to call you. Um, can we just have a conversation? So I went in, had an interview with him, um, just learn more about his practice, more, learn more about it. There was an instant connection. And I am so honored to say that over the years, his daughter took over his book of business, and now she's retiring and we're taking over her book of business. So it's coming full circle, and I think it'll be the most amazing uh, part for his clients and Dai's clients that um, the foundation on which their business was built is the same foundation on which ours is. So it's uh, it's a pretty neat story. And Jim is an amazing man. Congratulations. It is a cool story. And that's the kind of thing we need to try to get the word out on is from a sometimes succession planning isn't a direct line. Sometimes you do have to wait for the opportunity and, and be patient and continue to foster those relationships because they do come back um, in the end, potentially. And to your point, sometimes it is almost more of a team. I think as the generations proceed on, many people that are your kid's age and, you know, call it anywhere around 40s, mid 40s and under, they prefer to work on a team anyway. So as they inherit these businesses, they're going to be looking for opportunities to be a part of something bigger and keeping our eyes open for those kinds of things, I think is really important to the future of our business. Absolutely. That's exactly what um, the, the, the next generation is, is saying to us too, is that they want to surround themselves with that team. And I think we've started to build that foundation of the team mentality and it takes all of us and everyone is the same. Nobody is uh, any better than the rest. So it's an interesting journey and one which I am so blessed to be taking. 
What a perfect way to end my podcast. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with our listeners. I'm sure there's always a couple of things that they can pluck out and apply in their own business. So um, we do appreciate you giving your time today to telling the journey because everybody's journey is different and unique. And each one that I've done on my podcast, including yours, is a great example of Cambridge Stronger. Thank you for tuning in to Cambridge Stronger. I invite you to listen to my podcast episodes where I have candid conversations with genuine inspirational financial professionals and leaders within this fiercely independent financial services industry. The best of the best, the strongest of the strongest. You can listen to my podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and the Podbean app.